Welcome to Watchmen on the Wall, a daily outreach of Southwest Radio Ministries and SWRC.com. Today on the program, Pastor Larry Spargimino answers a question about the end of the world. And through some digital magic, James Collins is joined by the late J.R. Church to examine the signs of the end of the age. July not only means summertime and hotter days, it also means tough times here at Watchmen on the Wall. Summer is always tough financially. Will you please remember us with a financial gift? You can give your tax-deductible gift today when you call 1-800-652-1144. Or you can give online, swrc.com. These gifts are how we are able to be here each day, ready to bring clarity to the chaos. Thank you. World leaders are infected by a cloud of political gloom spreading over our planet, prompting a former president of the United States to suggest that we may indeed live in that generation which will see Armageddon. James Collins and his very special guest are here to discuss this Armageddon syndrome. A few weeks ago, we announced that Prophecy in the News is now a gospel partner with Southwest Radio Ministries. As part of our new partnership, I am so excited to tell you about a new book that Beacon Street Press has just published by the founder of Prophecy in the News, J.R. Church. Most of you remember J.R. He served as the pastor of Western Hills Baptist Church in Lubbock, Texas for over 17 years. He had a skill for teaching Bible prophecy And he felt God was moving him to start a ministry devoted to that subject. So in 1979, J.R. Church moved to Oklahoma City, and he started Prophecy in the News. The television show quickly became the premier program on Bible prophecy. J.R. also produced the Prophecy in the News magazine, which was the best-selling magazine on Bible prophecy. J.R. was called home to be with the Lord in 2011, But his legacy lives on through thousands of hours of recordings and his large volume of writing. One of those writings was a book that was originally published in 1985 titled The Armageddon Syndrome. Now, after over 35 years of being out of print, The Armageddon Syndrome is back with a new revised edition. The new edition of The Armageddon Syndrome contains J.R.'s teaching on what the Bible says about the future. Plus, the book has been expanded to include J.R.'s teachings on the prophetic significance of the Jewish High Holy Days. When I read through this new edition, I was amazed at how current and relevant the Armageddon Syndrome was for today. I think this book will be one that you'll want to read over and over and over again. To celebrate the publication of the new edition of the Armageddon Syndrome, I recently spent some time going through hours of recordings by J.R. Church to put together this program to spotlight this book. The first chapter in the Armageddon Syndrome is titled, Setting the Stage. In the chapter, J.R. examines what he believed was the most important end-time event, the rebirth of the nation of Israel in 1948. I want to give you what I feel is the chronology of end-time events. Often I'm asked by people, what happens first, what happens second, what happens third? As difficult as that might be, because there are some events that are happening at the same time, 
We're going to uh, take a stab at it. I think Matthew chapter 24 gives us the basic chronology for end time events. And it all begins when Jesus and the disciples sat down on the Mount of Olives one evening after spending the day in the temple compound. And they came to him and asked, tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and of the end of the world? Here's the basic question that is in everybody's mind. Tell us when. Now, Jesus began with uh, talking about uh, false Christs. In fact, he mentions this three times, so it would appear to me that this was paramount. In the course of his uh, speaking with the disciples, he tells them about wars, rumors of wars, uh, the, and this would be the beginning of sorrows. He talks about diseases. He talks about famines and earthquakes in various places. But I think the key to it all would be found in verse 32 when he said, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. That morning, Jesus and the disciples had left the Mount of Olives going down across the Kedron Valley and up to the Temple Mount for another day in the temple. On the previous day, Jesus had come across a fig tree and had placed a curse upon it because it bore no fruit. And that day when they went up, they noticed that that fig tree had withered and died. So here it is that evening. Now that the fig tree within one 24-hour period has withered completely and is now dead. Jesus reminds them, you remember that fig tree? That fig tree is dead because it bore no fruit. Someday that fig tree is going to come to life again. I think that's basically what he was saying here. And the fig tree, of course, is a metaphor for the nation of Israel. J.R. went on to explain that the end-time chronology really started with Zionism. Now, here's the chronology. Back in 1897, Theodor Herzl organized the World Zionist Congress. They held their first meeting in Basel, Switzerland, 1897. At that meeting, he said, Today we have given birth to the state of Israel. The world may not know it yet, but in 50 years, everyone will know it. Fifty years later, the United Nations took a vote on November 29, 1947, to establish the state of Israel. So, the very first thing we see in the fulfillment of biblical prophecy is the rebirth of the state of Israel, the return of the Jews. And in both wars, we have the primary focus being on the Jews and Israel. In World War I, God prepared the land for the return of the Jews. In World War II, he prepared the Jews for a return to the land. And so this, even in World War I and World War II, the return of Israel was paramount. This is the key to understanding prophecy. When Jesus spoke during his Olivet Discourse about wars, the disciples could not have imagined all the wars of the last century would give birth to national Israel. Once again, here is J.R. Church to explain. So World War I came along. The British were running out of gunpowder. They could not get to their nitrate mines in Brazil. The Germans owned the Atlantic Ocean. And... A Jewish scientist, Chaim Weizmann, came up with a method to get gunpowder uh, from 
chestnuts, uh, horse chestnuts, and uh, to extract nitrogen out of the air for making uh, uh, explosives. He saved the uh, British, and uh, to thank him, uh, they gave him, basically, they gave him Palestine. Under the Balfour Declaration, 1917, General Allenby and the British Army liberated the city of Jerusalem. J.R. Church famously said that World War I prepared the land for the people, but in World War II, God prepared the people for the land. So Kaim Wiseman, the scientist, was given this tremendous knowledge, and so he, in, he invented a method uh, to uh, help England uh, to be able to fight that war, World War I. Now, when we come to World War II, do you remember those pink inner tubes back in World War II? Uh, that was an invention by the same man, Kaim Wiseman, because we'd run out of rubber, couldn't get enough rubber uh, for those tires, for the trucks and the uh, vehicles and what have you. And he invented synthetic rubber. Those pink inner tubes, same man. So in, in World War I, God was preparing through Chaim Wiseman the uh, land for the people, but in World War II, he prepared the people for the land. You see, the Jewish people were wealthy uh, for the most part because they are a class act people. They are brilliant and knowledgeable in all the sciences, in art and what have you. So they're not poverty stricken. Uh, they are a, a good middle class uh, uh, people. And uh, they, when you've got plenty, you don't want to go back home to the promised land, you know, to a land that in the north has a bunch of swamps, in the south a big desert. Who wants to go back to that kind of a place when you're living in luxury, so to speak, in nice Europe? And so uh, God turned Europe upside down, and uh, a third of the world's Jewish population were killed. But it made them want to go home. In the Armageddon Syndrome, J.R. Church wrote that Israel was the key. The rebirth of the nation of Israel was the key to Bible prophecy. So Israel is the key. Now I want you to go back to Matthew 24. Jesus said that these were birth pangs of travail. Verse 8 says all these are the beginning of sorrows. Those are birth pangs in the birth of the baby. And then he says in verse 9, then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. That's World War II, the Holocaust under Adolf Hitler. It's an incredible series of events here. But the chronology is moving toward the second coming of Jesus Christ. We know that Israel is the key to all of this. I'm James Collins, and you are listening to legendary Bible prophecy teacher J.R. Church talk about his book, The Armageddon Syndrome. For the first time in over 35 years, The Armageddon Syndrome is back in print. The new updated edition includes new chapters from J.R. Church with his teachings on the prophetic significance of the Jewish High Holy Days. Order your copy of J.R. Church's The Armageddon Syndrome now by calling 1-800-652-1144 or you can order online at swrc.com. In The Armageddon Syndrome, J.R. included a chapter titled, Here Come the Russians. Let's go back now to the radio vault and listen as J.R. speaks about Gog and Magog. Today, the Middle East is like a powder keg about to blow up. 
because of the region's oil supply, the world has been held hostage. And Jewish scholars agree that Ezekiel's prophetic battle of Gog and Magog may be in the making today. The prophecy was recorded in Ezekiel 38 and 39. When the prophet wrote concerning this future war with Magog, he listed several countries joining the invasion force. Among them were Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, and other Shiite Muslim nations, described as the House of Togarma in Ezekiel 38, verses 5 and 6. The prophet identified Gog as the Rosh, or Russian, Prince of Moscow, and suggested that the mighty Magog would consider itself to be a guard, or protector, of Middle Eastern nations against Israel. Iran was listed first among the allies of Russia, perhaps as the main instigator of instability. The present Iran-Iraqi war may one day widen to include the entire Middle East and bring on that great apocalyptic calamity. When the Ayatollah Khomeini, head of the Shiite Muslims, came to power in Iran, he created the chaos that may yet light the fuse to a possible nuclear war, the predicted battle of Gog and Magog. And though Russia begins its invasion with the pretense of protector, it will seize upon the opportunity to take over the oil fields of the Middle East for itself. In doing so, however, the Russian bear must cover its tracks with the promise of ridding the Arabs of the Jews. Russia will think an evil thought. It is at this point that God enters the picture. Ezekiel wrote, And it shall come to pass at the same time, when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face. It is obvious that God has taken sides in this war. He does not sit in heaven remaining neutral as the conflict develops. God takes the side of Israel and its allies and subsequently pours out his judgment upon Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, Shiite Muslim countries, and Russia. Despite the rise of the Russians at the end of the age, J.R. Church reminds us that the Bible clearly teaches that Russia and her allies will be defeated. Does not appear to affect population changes. 
J.R. Church believed that the most important event in all of history was a future event, and it was described in the most important chapter in the Bible. The future return of the Lord Jesus Christ will signal the end of this age. Here again is J.R. with more from the Armageddon Syndrome. We're going to talk about the most important chapter in the Bible. Revelation chapter 19 verses 11 through 16 gives us the second coming of Jesus Christ. And you know, from the pages of Genesis all the way through the Bible, every chapter has been pointing to this chapter. Moses gave us uh, the view of the backside of the author of our salvation. But I want you to know this gives us the glorious appearing. You know, a recent poll said that 40% of American adults still believe the Bible account that Jesus will come back at the Battle of Armageddon and fight the Antichrist and win. That's heartening to know. John chapter 19 tells us about Jesus standing before the crowd with a crown of thorns upon his head. But here in Revelation 19, though the same theme, we can see the royal crown upon his head. He is king of kings. And back in John's gospel at the first advent of Christ, Pilate stood before the people and said, Behold your king. Well, you know, here... Uh, we behold the king indeed. I think all the pilots of the world will see him and will have to recognize that he is king of kings. You are listening to the late J.R. Church discuss the events of the end of this age from his book, The Armageddon Syndrome. Let's listen as J.R. sets the stage now for Armageddon. We have seen the destruction of Mystery Babylon in the previous chapter. And now we look at the bride of the Lamb. Earth's harlot has fallen. Earth's virgin bride is ready for her wedding to heaven's best. The union of earth and heaven has come. And heaven opens. Armageddon rages. The Jewish nation expects annihilation. No one stands with Israel in that battle. All have forsaken her. And the Jews have realized that soon all of the Jewish nation will be dead. There would be not one Jew left alive on planet Earth uh, unless God intervenes. And at this point, up until now, heaven has not intervened. But I believe the Jews will cry out for Jesus Christ to come and save them. He has been waiting to hear that messianic blessing. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And just as the rabbis have written that that statement will be made on the day of the Messiah's arrival, I believe the Jews will begin to cry out for salvation, and the Hebrew word for salvation is Yeshua. And you know the sun has refused to shine, and uh, there's darkness over all the earth, and suddenly that fabric of heaven opens, that dimensional shift, that crack in, uh, in the continuum. And from that 
magnificent um, rolling back of heaven like a scroll. Every eye shall see him and every knee shall bow and proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord. What a day. What a day. The fifth chapter of the Armageddon Syndrome is titled Inevitable Armageddon. In the chapter, J.R. writes about the significance of Jesus' return on a white horse. You know, up until the last century, armies rode horses. The cavalry of early America, the cowboys and all this, rode horses. And uh, so up until our modern age, that was the common thing. Uh, the general uh, leader of the army would ride a white horse. In fact, in Roman days, in the Bible days, uh, the conqueror would ride a white horse and parade through the city that he had conquered or would go back to Rome and ride the white horse. And when everybody looked, they saw the one on the white horse, they knew he was the leader. And I'm sure this is the concept that is given here. God does not need a horse to get around. God doesn't need a vehicle to get around. And yet, Jesus rides a cloud, a horse, a Whatever it is that he rides, it's there for a particular purpose to help us. We couldn't comprehend it otherwise. Once again, I'm James Collins, and you've been listening to legendary Bible prophecy teacher J.R. Church talk about his book, The Armageddon Syndrome. Next time, we will listen as J.R. continues to teach from the Armageddon Syndrome with his look at the significance of the Jewish High Holy Days in Bible prophecy. Until then... Keep looking up. Watchman on the Wall is excited to announce the Armageddon Syndrome by J.R. Church is now back in print for the first time in almost 40 years. What does the future hold? Is there hope at all? This book sheds light on the darkening political maze facing our world in the near future and reveals the electrifying remedy prescribed for the Armageddon Syndrome. This revised and updated edition features a new section from the writings of J.R. Church titled A Prophetic Perspective on the High Holy Days. Order The Armageddon Syndrome by J.R. Church today, 1-800-652-1144, or order this outstanding resource online swrc.com. Pastor Larry Spargimino is here now, prepared to answer a very scary question. Pastor Larry, will the world end with a nuclear war? Before the beginning of World War II, World War I was believed to be the war that would end all wars. Optimists believed that the devastation produced by World War I was so great that nations would learn that war was not the answer. It was believed that long-range artillery, the use of poison gas, and the airplane produced too much devastation. No one in their right mind would ever want to engage in war again. However, World War II did happen. The war in the Pacific ended with America using two nukes on Japan. What we learn from this is that both World War I and World War II were both not the wars that would end all wars. Today, there is a war raging in Ukraine. So what are we to believe about the Russian threat that, quote, World War III will be nuclear? Russian President Vladimir Putin wants to restore the old Soviet empire. He's seeing separatist movements and the desire for national independence 
take away nations like the five breakaway Islamic republics. The Stan nations, such as Kazakhstan and others, no longer answer to Vladimir Putin. He's not happy with that state of affairs. He does not want Ukraine to join NATO. Putin is making it clear to the world that we are on the verge of World War III and that World War III will be nuclear. So the question is a good one. Will there be World War III and will nuclear weapons destroy the world and civilization as we know it? Now, I don't doubt that there may be some nuclear detonations. It's a horrible thought, but it is well within the realm of possibility. A few cities may be obliterated. Perhaps biological warfare may be unleashed. The COVID-19 pandemic spread worldwide in record time. However, I don't see that Mr. Putin's nuclear weapons will bring the world to an end, nor will bioweapons destroy humanity. It is not man's prerogative to destroy what God has made. Man may think he is God, but he is not. Revelation 11:18 says that God will destroy them which destroy the earth. There are other considerations of importance as well. The Bible speaks about a new world order. Already, globalism and global government is slowly emerging on a planet in crisis. But you can't have globalism and global government if the world has been destroyed. The Bible speaks about the day of the Lord. In 2 Peter 3.10, Scripture tells us, But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. However, this destruction occurs in the day of the Lord. This is a time when God's power is manifested. The day of the Lord is not a day when man's power is manifested. In the day of the Lord, man's works are disgraced and shamed. At the final battle, at the return of Jesus and power to smite the nations, we are told, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. Obviously, there are still nations to rule, according to Revelation 19, verse 15. The earth is still very much in existence. Revelation 19, 19 says, And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together to make war against him that sat on the horse and against his army. The fact that there are kings of the earth and armies that gather to make war against God and his people suggest that there is still a planet, still people, and still armies. So I do not think that the world will end in a nuclear war or in some other kind of war. But as always, human life, your life, and my life hangs on a thread. We are all just one breath away from taking our last breath. And then what? Where will you spend eternity? God became flesh some 20 centuries ago. Jesus was born to die. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. He invites you to make that decision, a decision so monumental that it changes your destiny. The Apostle Paul said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Friend, put your faith in Christ today. Settle the heaven question once and for all. Watchman on the Wall is excited to announce the Armageddon Syndrome by J.R. Church is now back in print for the first time in almost 40 years. What does the future hold? Is there hope at all? This book sheds light on the darkening political maze facing our world in the near future, and it reveals the electrifying remedy prescribed for the Armageddon Syndrome. 
This revised and updated edition features a new section from the writings of J.R. Church titled, A Prophetic Perspective on the High Holy Days. Order The Armageddon Syndrome by J.R. Church when you call 1-800-652-1144. Or you can order this outstanding resource online, swrc.com. Tomorrow, J.R. Church and James Collins continue examining The Armageddon Syndrome. Be sure to tune in on your favorite radio station or by subscribing to our daily Watchman on the Wall podcast. Watchman on the Wall is a production of Southwest Radio Ministries and is supported by faithful listeners like you. Visit swrc.com.